It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, the most wonderful podcast. And because it is draft week, I'm joined by a wonderful co-host from Forbes.com, Weston and Neville's news, Tony East. Tony? How are you doing? Did you get too much, let's uh, call it crap, for your big board on Monday? No, no. I think uh, I, I, I didn't. You know, I don't think mine's like that crazy. I have a few guys who are surprisingly higher. But draft week is just chaos. And I think that, fortunately, my big board was like the third most important thing I talked about Monday because the, there were tons of Pacers rumors of swirling, including more today. I actually think we might should lead with that. I didn't even tell that to you, Adam. But um, yeah, it's been a crazy week for the NBA and the rumors are a plentiful and the drafts in two days. So we're going to preview the draft in general, basically a mock draft, but how each step of the draft affects the Pacers, if that makes sense. Kind of like a guide for what you should be watching for on draft night. And then tomorrow we can pivot that into um, a Pacers centric draft preview with that, like the best prospects for them and trades and stuff like that. But today will be kind of a mock draft for the whole NBA and how each step of that process impacts your beloved blue and gold. Yeah. And this draft is in kind of tiers. I mean, I think there's definitely a top tier and then you could make a large case for like the next two through four tiers. I think Tony has his tiers written out, but I'm not sure they're like, is really like, I think a lot of guys could go from, let's say five to like 16. It could be a lot of different ways. Um, it, that could shake out where I think the top four is like kind of guaranteed in. So, um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So let's just start with the beginning. Cause that's the best Wait, way. Can we hit the news from today really quick. Yeah. Go It'll ahead. take two seconds. Then we can kind of laugh. Okay. Okay. Maybe, uh, Mike, maybe Mike Scotto of hoops. I purported that the Pacers turned down a deal from the Lakers. That would have been the 22nd pick plus Kyle Kuzma for uh, 13 and salary filler. And then Jay Michael quote tweeted and said, this is accurate. TJ Warren is healthy. So they declined Kuzma Lakers have been hustling to jump the wizards in the lottery. Uh, that value does not make sense for the Pacers. So that's a bad trade. So 
Well, Kyle Kuzma's name and the Lakers make that a giant story in general. That is a, a bad trade for the Pacers. So yeah, Kuzma, the most overrated name in the NBA. Maybe. <laughs> He's actually like an like a fine player. You know what I mean? But yeah, but when you play for the Lakers, or in this case, having the Knicks too, and they're good, you get like yeah, overinflated. Exactly. Like you're Very a good, good player, but you're not like anything any team really wants to trade a ton for. Okay. Even if you absolutely love Kyle Kuzma, he is maybe barely enough to move up from 22 to 13, but you're also including a player to make the trade that you go from the Pacers and that's not happening. All right, let's start mocking it up. Yeah. So when it comes to like the, the top four, I, I don't think the Pacers have any way to get into this top four without like mortgaging something. So they probably won't. I agree. The way this will be affected affecting them is that two teams and their division are picking in the top four and who falls where could, could affect, could affect a lot of things. Cause there are some, you might be higher on certain players than other players and if one of the guys falls into like the calf spot for example that could really affect the team so the the top four is is sort of the demar the popular demarcation and i personally have it as a top four but in like the way it's been discussed sort of in the nba at this point is kind of like a top six not that it's like a group of six but like it's mostly set who the top six or seven are going to be right so the expectation is that Cade's going to go number one. Jalen Green's going to go number two. Mobley's going to go number three. And Suggs or Scotty Barnes is going to go number four. Uh, and the Raptors might trade out of that pick. But in general, for impact for the Pacers, assuming the top four to six goes mostly normal, right? They probably, like you just said, they would have the mortgage or future to get into that spot. And they're not really in a good position to do that. So the impact for them is that unless one of the, the six or seven guys that are expected to be that top six isn't it falls. I don't think that they, they will have much to consider or change of plans for the first half dozen picks. Right. It, in the NBA, it costs like, let's call it four to six first round picks to go get like a superstar to get in that top in the draft. You probably have to like need three first round picks, three to five. Well, I mean, even the, I mean, this is the number one pick, so it's a little different, but I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander and number six was reportedly the offer from OKC to Detroit for number one, and they turned it down like that. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, number one, I'm talking about like if you want to get like the three or four, that's probably what I right. call it. Yeah, it's it's going to be really hard, especially this year when you know it could be one of the the first times in forever. I think Mike Schmitz of ESPN keeps saying this. We're like, there's four all stars in the top five picks. That's super rare. So, uh, yeah, it's it's loaded. And from a Pacers perspective, you look at you know, okay, let's say let's say the six uh, are in order: Cade, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Scotty Barnes, and Kuminga. Or, you know, the, the last two could be flipped in some order, whatever. But assuming those six go chalk because it's pretty hard to get up there, or maybe even those six teams move around. Maybe the Thunder move up to four and the Raptors go back to six or something like that, whatever. That that really won't have a ton of impact on the Pacers because they can't get into that range, and none of the guys in their tier that they can even select in are there. It's kind of after that where the drafts could really change, where the league could change, or stuff could start happening that they would actually have to think about and consider. Yeah, do you think Mobley falls to the Cavs? That, that that's kind of one of the big, I think. Things Mobley is kind of considered maybe the best, like or maybe the highest ceiling of any player in the top four in some ways. I think Kate. Yeah, is I think Mobley's amazing, and I I would pick him too. But I understand picking Jalen Green too. So that that, that that's not going to change anything to me. No, but what does it does affect the Patriots because the Cavs are good again. They're kind of right. It does right. hurt them. That's I mean, true. That's you have the best two players in the draft stay in the central division. That is no fun for the Pacers. Well, yeah, honestly, right. If the Cavs are good again, how can they probably get LeBron back for like a final year? <laughs> Bron, Bronny and Bron in the future. What has he got? Two years left on his deal in, in LA yeah, now? So they totally get him. No, one. One, probably. 
Yeah, he he'll probably sign another deal, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, if the Cavs get good again, he could be right back <laughs> there. I mean, they're not, you know, they're farther away. Um, so after that top six, there's been like like you listen to any NBA draft insider at this point, and and look, the the NBA right now is just every team is sending this trade offer to this team and this trade to this team and this one to this team that every team's got them listed on some boards. So they know what they can do when they're up or who's available or whatever. Like none of it's like very few of it's going to happen, but it is discussed a lot. And that's why the trade chatter becomes so public this time of year. But, you know, basically from, you know, if you want to move into the top 10, it seems like seven is the first point where it's possible. You know, there's been some, some reports of, you know, the Warriors and Miles Turner potentially being a fit for a trade and seven is probably too much for him, but you know, maybe that's a fit. So the reason I say that is the magic already picked five. Maybe they're willing to move up or down from eight, the Kings. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about them potentially trading their pick. The Grizzlies are trying to move up there at 10, like a lot of stuff after six and even, maybe even including six could start to happen that just snowball in a way that impacts the Pacers. Maybe the guy the Pacers really want in that group gets picked because someone moves up for them. Maybe they're able to get into that tier because someone offers them a pick for one of their vets that makes sense for them. You know, maybe they just move up a few spots. I don't know, but I think after six is where the Pacers centric focus of this draft kind of starts becoming more of a focus. Yeah. I think seven, eight are probably the most gettable picks. One cosmetic already pick. And oh, I think and, nine is really gettable. Well, I, I guess I would say just seven and eight are gettable because both teams already have other first round picks that are like in the top 15. So they might yes, be, there's not like they might not want to have two young guys, but also that's the, probably the spot where like a Kaminga will go at least Orlando. Cause it's like, we've already taken our guy. Now let's take a risk on somebody, right? You take one risk and one guarantee, I guess, in some ways. Yeah. Um, unless he goes before then, of course, but Kaminga, to me, this is also the range where, like, does he go seven to ten, or if he gets past that, does he start falling basically? Because well, I, that's where things get scrambly. Like, if the reporting's legit, and you know the the Raptors pick Scotty, and then the the Magic pick Suggs, and then OKC really apparently likes Book Knight. That's what some reporting says, and they pick him. And then Kuminga's there at seven, and the Warriors are up, and the Warriors are you know trying to become a title contender again, right? They'll yeah, well, have all their stars back next year. And Kuminga's there, you know, stuff could get crazy pretty quick if that's yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I, I think Golden State, if especially if the values get really high, somebody wants to trade for Kuminga, that's the spot. Eight, right. eight is like a decent spot. But if he falls outside of those two spots, and I got I might say eight, seven, eight, nine, flood those three. Then we're looking at a lot of teams who I think are in the spot where they want to be good next year. And so I'm not sure like he's going to be taken there. Like you could see, I could see Memphis, Char- uh, Charlotte, and uh, the Spurs passing. Then it could fall on the Pacers theoretically. But I think that's where like teams start kind of trading in too. Is if he falls. Really pass the magic at eight, then it's kind of like a kind of a free for all. And I have another um, point I want to bring up about how this range starts to impact the Pacers ever so slightly. But I think we should take a little break first. Yeah, let's do one quick break and then we'll start kind of piecing together what we think could affect the Pacers in the kind of seven to uh, 12 pick range. Because first, today's Locked On Pacers podcast is brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Built Bar. Did you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. Talk to Built Bar fan. They're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know, Built Bar has a ton of amazing flavors like coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. 
plus a ton of limited time flavors. You get a mix box that come with nine flavors, two of each at 18 bars. My favorite one, like I've always said before, is the peanut butter brownie one, although of the kind of nine they have going right now, I do like the double chocolate one. These things are high in protein. They're healthy too. One I like is 18 grams of protein, about 180 calories. That's kind of on the high end. They come even lower. To me, it's Built Bar is kind of that best afternoon snack between lunch and dinner. Get you full, get a little bit in. It's great. I love Built Bar. And right now, go to Built.com. It's a new website, Built.com. You promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tony, do you think it's fair to say if anybody's confident and they know it's going to happen 7 to 12, that that they are either like very... uh very full of themselves, or if they are right, they should be betting it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are the best insider of all time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I mean, it had like, if, if, basically they must have a straight line to Woj, whoever Woj, Woj talks to. Cause I, I think yeah. seven through 12 are going to be like a scramble. And we don't even, I mean, you just know it is who's going to go where basically. So beyond my own opinions of the tiers and where I have guys ranked, whatever I talked about my big board Monday. Like, I think it, when you when you read about this draft and what what execs are reportedly saying to, in, to insiders and stuff like we, we talked about the top six being a tier like seven down for a while, maybe like, let's say 16 or so is another group of, you know, somewhat considered similar value players. Maybe it's a little lower than 17, like 14 or so. But, you know, there's a big tier there. So here for the Pacers, two things are at play. One is if they have a guy air quotes, you know, that they would like to see him still be available at their pick within that tier of course like if they're guys in the top six they're not getting them but also this is where like if they have a guy they don't like or a guy who makes no sense for them and i'll talk about there's basically one but maybe two um that you want to see them if you're a fan of the pacers get picked because that's a pick that goes by that is a guy the pacers wouldn't have picked anyway i'm mostly talking about kai jones yeah uh, the, the center from Texas who, you know, there's been talks that the Spurs like him. There's been talks that the Hornets like him. Of course, they're back to back. Could be some posturing there. Who knows? But, you know, the Pacers probably won't pick a center unless they make a big deal before the draft. So if you're a Pacers fan, you're in that probably not going to, he's probably not going to go seven or eight, but from like nine to 12, you're hoping to see Kai Jones. Same, same maybe with Alperin Sangoon, that yeah. center from Ben Stikas, who he's, he's got perimeter skills, but his, most of his elite offensive production comes from, the interior, you know, he's another guy that I, I, it would be very shocking to me if the Pacers picked him given his position, even though he is somewhat talented. So those are two guys and, and Sengun's been linked to the Spurs as well, that if they get picked from seven to 13, both maybe fans and the Pacers themselves would, would maybe not a fist bump because they're talented. They would get picked yeah. for a reason, but you know, get a little more excited or have more, uh, tenable options available at their pick yeah the one guy i might throw in there too as well is he's kind of a four but like franz wagner might also be there's a franz wagner wagner i'd say the v right the wagner whatever he, he would actually fit the pacers pretty well i think yeah i, I guess the question is i mean right is, is he a power four or is he like a stretch five and that that's where like if he went i mean i think 
it really just depends. Like, can he really play some bonus? Let's say I don't know. Do you end up with the I same? Think so. I think so. I you think okay, but like, yeah. I, if he went against his fit, isn't like to me ideal with the Pacers. Like, it isn't like unless he really is like the perfect stretch four, but I'm not sure he can be. So, um, he might be more of a center, honestly, in today's league. So, if he got picked, I don't think it'd be the worst thing. I mean, those are like three kind of guys who I think they probably are not looking at right now because they're all kind of center ish. Yeah, for, I mean. Yeah, if they picked Franz, I think that'd be fine. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's a little bit inching towards being a center, but I don't know. Who knows? He definitely he says he grew two inches. Yeah, so he said he's six eleven. So yeah. if, if he is, then he is kind of a I mean, that's the bonus size. I mean, right. I don't know. But the other thing is like say like this is where the a lot of reports are like teams are trying to trade into this range because they like like I think guys that have been named as really popular is like Duarte people are trying to trade up for and people like Josh Giddy and some teams like Moody right so when you get to the 7 to 13 range where you're kind of in the Pacers chill maybe a little ahead of it what you don't want to see is you know if a team's aggressively trading up that means there's someone they like and perhaps it's the same guy the Pacers like maybe the Pacers themselves can move up maybe you know there, there's a deal to be stricken with the Kings or the Hornets or you know the, these are all teams that have we've heard interest in Turner before, right? Maybe there's a deal to be stricken. I'm just spitballing out loud, but it seems like there's teams that could jump them. And that's when things get interesting is who jumped them. What's the value, right? We kind of saw what the value to move up to 10 was earlier this week. Although that was a lot of dead money, which the Pacers won't be involved in, but you know, that that's another interesting thing to consider. Right. I mean, if we're talking about teams that might trade up, OKC is like prime. They're sitting there. OKC and the Knicks are two. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. And, OKC, they and have- the Rockets. Yeah, the OKC have all the capital, and like, do they want to have like five first? Well, they have what they have three first round picks plus on God knows how many second round picks this year. I don't even, I can't even count. Um, they might want to rather just have two first round and do a two for one trade kind of thing, just because yeah, there there, there are several options. Um, but it, you know, it because this tier is so long, we've been hovering on stuff the Pacers should be focused on from seven to thirteen. We're you're also talking about teams that could move up now. Maybe the Pacers are the spot that people move up to, right? We talked about the Kuzma trade our proposed trade, whatever, right at the beginning of this, right? Apparently the Lakers want to get up to 13 and, and Duarte from Oregon is popular. Apparently I, this is from reporting. I don't, I don't know any of this personally. Didn't the Pacers like Duarte too. Uh, they had him in and he was impressive in, in interviews with the media, but I, I, I mean, Jay Michael reported that they liked him. So that, that is possible. Yes. However, you know, with this draft stuff, there's a lot of posturing that goes on. You know, you never, you never really know. Uh, for sure. But anyway, you so, know, if that Lakers trade value is to be perceived, there is someone they like in this range. Who do you, so, what do you think Memphis moved up for? I mean, that, that's what sort of interesting. Cause like they're a team that was better than the Pacers last year. They decided to trade up to 10 is because they're trying to go up even further. Or is you think there's just somebody they like that they think they couldn't get at 15. They also have three firsts next year now. So they, they could have been doing that trade to not only move up, but you know, now next year when Moran, his payment time is up, they can really swing for a stud at the same time. But um, yeah, you know, I, they have a good, great, uh, draft core in Memphis. So I think that the reporting is either Moody or Giddy, but I mean, they're a smart team. I think they'll make the right pick anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing about too now, because of the ex- extended playoff the, the, and stuff like that, the, the playing game, most of these teams now all think there can be in the playoffs next year in this range, yeah. but I think the top guys, the Raptors think that way, but like, and then mainly in the top six, those are teams that are really not going to be playoff teams next year. Um, I guess the Magic are in this tier now too. Technically, Magic probably aren't, but like most of these teams, the Kings and they can be definitely Memphis is Hornets, on the Border, Spurs, make everything they can. So you're starting to get teams that Warriors obviously that can like that think they're playoff teams, so they might be looking for players who they can feel they can maybe play in rotation either next end of next year or at least in two years now instead of like the projects. And that's what the product kind of players. And that's why I mean there could be some guys that kind of fall because of that. Yeah, that's certainly possible. I think from 
So let's just get, we have to get to 13 eventually. So let's just fake mock here that uh, seven is book night. Eight is Moody. Nine is Franz Wagner. 10 is Giddy. Uh, 11 is Kai Jones. 12 is, I don't know, Corey Kispert. And then the Pacers pick, I don't know, Davion or Jalen Johnson or Garuba or someone or Duarte or someone. Who, like who'd that. you have going six? Uh, six was Kuminga. Okay. I made, I was making sure you had him. I, I couldn't Are you typing somewhere. And I, no, 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 no. I was, I have the names. Like I just, I made sure you had a Kuminga go. I wasn't sure. But uh, you know what? Just pretend we get to 13. I, I just named some names that the Pacers could consider there, but the guy the Pacers want is not there, right? We already brought it up. If they, if that happens and that point comes, the, the Thunder have a ton of draft capital. They could try to move up. The Knicks have two firsts plus future Mavs first plus, uh, decent seconds. They could try to move up. The Rockets have two firsts. They could try to move up, right? There are te- the Nuggets apparently want to move up, although it's a little harder for them. But, you know, there are options to move back at that point if their guy's gone. So just as it flows through that tier, you know, say the Pacers view it. And remember, Kevin Pritchard on the morning show said, I have our, I've said this on this podcast so many times that many listeners probably have it memorized, but basically his theory is no matter where you pick in the draft, the number of guys you like is your pick minus two, right? So they pick 13, that's 11. And, and that's again, always a facetious comment, but there's some truth to that always is like, you're frustrated with where you are. So if the, if their guys are gone, maybe they think about trading back. Right. And because that tier from seven to whatever is so big that that could be a, an option that makes sense for them too. Yeah. And I think, I think when you talk about trading back, we should do that next. Talk about just like why this range, there might just be as many diminishing returns if you just drop back a few spots compared to like if you had a trade back from one of the... We can talk about specific Pacers trades tomorrow, but I think we have to think about this from the mock draft perspective. But yeah, and I I think I want to talk about how like when you get to like the after the 10 tier, like trading back has like is much much more reasonable for any team basically because the the returns are better. But um, let's do this. Let's take one more break. Let's get to another one today's sponsor. That's Rock. Auto, uh, Rock Auto is one of the is a local chain auto parts store that stocks all the parts your car will ever need. They ask why often spend the pointless, seeming intimidating and enduring questions and wait by while well, the person behind the counter orders the parts in their computer, choosing the brands and presentation only their warehouse carries. You have a computer access to RockAuto.com at your home and in your pocket. You can save time, money with Rock Auto. They have. All kinds of deals. They get they go directly from the same place your your chain store card is again. They get them oftentimes for 30, 50, or even 100 percent, uh, not 100, but but like half of the price. Uh, Rock Auto is a family business serving you yourself is online for over 20 years. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? But you can get it at RockAuto.com. And right now, go to RockAuto.com. Right, locked on the How to Hear Us box. They know that we sent you. Rock Auto is the best place to go for all kinds of things for car brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. Rock Auto, main selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Tony, so what I was trying to get to was I think when you drop below the top 10 tier in 11-12 range, 
basically picking 11 and 15, I think has almost kind of the same value or let's say 11 and 16, right? The, the player you get could be, it's supposed to be good 11 and it needs to be in 16 because the way this draft is set up. Yeah, unless someone falls and then the Pacers offers could be better. I, I kind of agree with you. My tier is huge, but my again, my tiers are irrelevant to what reporting generally says, but my tier is 10 to, to 18, right? That's a huge group that is interchangeable and based on your own preferences, there's a lot of likable, skilled players in this draft. So yeah, that, that significantly changes what could happen on the Pacers and the type of deals that make sense for them. Yeah, and like I- moving back, just like if the Wizards... Or say a team gets 15 who wants Duarte, who's apparently in demand again. I don't know if that's posturing or not, but like even moving back two spots, if you can pick up something interesting, that might be a great deal in this draft. Yeah, and, and maybe this is how they kind of get rid of a salary, like a low salary. That's to possible. Kind of clear a little more space. Like, I mean, is Aaron Holiday get moved to one of these just to move back? I mean, that might be worth it. Um, I mean, I, I think having somehow, if you can commit to Oklahoma City in general, those two picks, Oklahoma City has to try to get to one pick, that's worth it and for any team. Um, just because it's good to have more bites. The Apple and OKC is kind of the opposite where they maybe don't need as many bites because they have so many first round picks kind of going. Um, yeah. Right. Like they're like in the opposite of most teams. Most teams want, I mean, they want like as many young players they can get mainly to fill at the back of their bench. OKC is going to have plenty of young players. They need to finally figure out how to like convert those into like real talent or into like a few top picks at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting move. I think it's there. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think when you get to this range too, it's, it's, there's just a lot of like, the guy who goes 18 could easily be better than the guy who goes 11. I mean, it's just there's so much sure. variability here, frankly. For sure. And I think once it gets out of that tier is where things get interesting. And Ryan Carr, the Pacers vice president of player personnel, was talking about, you know, tiers today uh, and how, you know, like unless it's a perfect fit, you like to consider guys in your own tiers. I'm trying to find this quote because I know J. Michael put it. Uh, and his, yes, he said, you don't want to step down to a lower tier. This is when he's talking about their own pick, not trading, but he said, you don't want to step down to a lower tier. You've got to pick the guy you think could be the best player. A guy might have a higher floor, but not quite as high of a ceiling. You have to debate all that kind of stuff. But like they, you know, when it comes to their pick, they would like to pick a guy in their tier. If they can move back and do that. Great. If they don't have to move to do that. Great. But once their tier ends, that's when the value of the trades to them drastically changes. Yeah. I mean, there's no way they can sort of trade it keep 13 and trade back in right i mean that's they don't have the asked or it would be too about too expensive almost right the what sorry the pacers to go for, so keep 13 and then trade into like the late teens or just be, yeah that's pretty hard right that's a, i mean it's pretty hard in general to trade in the draft i mean i right i mean they're usually there are what you think in a first top 14 like one maybe trade a year two yeah give or take right it's, i mean they all have them before right obviously all the trades get the picks like early like years in advance but like once you get to it, it's really difficult. I mean, there was already one so far. I, I would be surprised if there's more than, a, than another another two, I guess, max. Yeah, that that's certainly possible. But also, the, there's just so many teams that have two firsts after the Pacers that also have early seconds that we've already brought up that mean, you know, maybe the teardrop is worth it if you get uh, the teardrop. That's the, the draft version of the famous basketball shot is worth it. But, you know, after the Pacers picks, whenever that tier ends is when I think sort of the chaos will stop and things will stabilize a little bit. You know, there's a lot of other, like, good players. Like, some people who really see out this draft have, like, 30 first-round grades, which is pretty rare on guys. But, but you know, teams will have their preference, so I guess there could be a lot of late first-round trades, especially for contenders. But that's where the, the other round of shakeups could be interesting to me is when you get past the Rockets at 24. So we get, you want, do you want me to name a bunch of players just for our fake mock here, Adam, from 13 sure, to 24? Do you actually care? Okay, let's just pretend 13 to 24 – uh, I'll skip the Pacers for this. 14 to 24 is Jalen Johnson, Corey Kisper, Duarte, 
uh, Springer, Garuba, Trey Murphy, Zaire Williams, Sharif, uh, Isaiah Jackson, Cam Thomas, right? And Jared Butler. There you go. We got to 24. So that that's a somewhat realistic order, I'd say, based on reporting. And Intel, we get to 25, and 25 through 30 is the following teams. Los Angeles Clippers at 25, Denver Nuggets at 26, Brooklyn Nets at 27, 76ers at 28, Suns at 29, Jazz at 30. So those teams are interesting because on the one hand, there's a chance all these teams are tax teams pretty soon and they would like to have a cheap rookie on their team. On the other hand, they are all title contenders next year, right? They would all like to be trying to hoist the trophy next season. So there's a chance for all these teams to me that they could use their pick to get a solid vet from another team. Maybe a Doug McDermott sign and trade team for literally any of these squads makes some sense or something similar to that. So maybe this is where the Pacers could acquire another pick if they're willing to, you know, deal one of their vets for it. Yeah. I mean, I think, or even a young guy and their second rounders or something. It just, just, this is where you can get clever and get back into the first round if they want. Yeah. To. I feel like though, at that point though, these kind of picks have very, very little value. I mean, they just like, once you get, I mean, once you get to the top 20 in, this, in just general, most drafts, it just, it, it's like very rare for even that kind of player to be good. I mean, there are obviously right. some who have, but just, it just, I mean, if it diminishes, you know, after five, it just diminishes even faster after 20. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. Like the 27th pick has like a hilarious history of good picks, but that's just, yeah, but that's more just, I probably bounced right. bad scouting to be honest than actually like, <laughs> Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's just one of those random anomaly pick slots. Ironically, 13 is another one, but yeah. Yeah. But that's where, like, if you want to finish out a first round mock, things get a little interesting to me. I guess the Lakers too, but they're they're apparently trying to move up. But like basically every team through 24, they either want youth or will be sliding around to get the guy they like. But then from 25 to 30, think those teams could be, you know, willing to move for vets. And then the second round, I have no F and idea what's going to yeah, happen. Some picks will be sold. Some will be bought. Some will be traded. Some will be, who knows? Why. Right. It, it, it'll be chaos. And I actually think, you know, the Pacers with two seconds, I think it's pretty likely there's a deal for them in the second round somewhere, both because of their financial situation. They don't just have enough roster slots for these guys. So if they do end up with both 50 picking, 50, well, this is for tomorrow that that's Pacer centric. I guess the question was, do they sell a pick to pay? for? Yeah. Something? Sell a pick, draft and dash, whatever. But from a mock perspective, you know, maybe it's possible to think like, what's the highest pick if they trade both 60 and 54, they could get for those two picks. Uh, I don't know, but um you know, that's something they might think about for a team that's like going to be brushing against the tax. They could get two cheap guys like the Bucks did that last year. They picked two guys in the late second round, signed them both to the cheapest possible minimum since second rounders have cheaper minimums that helped them with the luxury tax all season. That's possible as well. But from a mock draft perspective, it's impossible for me to run through all 60 picks and see where yeah, the yeah. team that makes the most sense. No is idea. I mean, just maybe the Celtics at 45, which is ironically uh, one behind where the Pacers would be picking if they had their own pick. But yeah, I think that after 30, when those first rounders are gone and and, the, and trading for vets is a little less likely, it's hard for me to see any other picks get moved. Yeah, talk about teams taking chances in the first from second round. It's like just pick the, you know, you pick the high the highest ceiling player you see out there. Like, you know, yeah. what I mean? you know, actually, I suppose the Bucks at 31, uh, you know, that's one behind a first round pick and they could get a decent vet for that to try to bolster a title repeat run. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I, I do think outside of like 20, it, these picks don't have as much value they just start to fall. yeah that's definitely true that's the only just really i mean they just don't like most team most most nba players are top 20 picks i mean there are some obviously some exceptions and certainly to that rule but like of the 40 guys taken 21 through 60 i wonder like what actually are in the league five or 
10 years later. So the Rockets are supposedly trying to move up with that Eric Gordon trade to the Pacers slot. But after the Rockets go at 24, I would say if there's a guy that you like as a fan or that you think the Pacers might like who's still available after 24, maybe start thinking about, you know, what you'd be comfortable with the Pacers giving up to get that pick. Maybe it's Aaron Holiday and a bajillion seconds. Maybe it's uh, Justin Holiday. Maybe it's a sign and trade of McDermott. Something that it would take for them to get into late first. Maybe Goga's involved, uh, but they would get something else coming back as well. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. But, you know, if there's someone the Pacers like, that is the mock draft portion where you start thinking about the Pacers again, I think. Yeah. After the mid-tier, that's huge. Yeah. Just to finish out the show, where, where did the Pacers are kind of Pacers thoughts? But, like, that, that I, Gordon, remember, once it's public, it's not happening, right? <laughs> sort of, yeah. Financially, I just don't know how that works. You know, with so much money, I just like it's confused. Yeah, that. Yeah, I talked about that Monday. It's like people forget that. Like, Patriots have to trade fourteen and a half million dollars to make that. Well, trade. I didn't think about it. Gordon makes what sixteen to eighteen. I'm gonna remember that. Is it more than that now? Eighteen over eighteen. Yeah. Eighteen, right? So then eighteen plus two second round, first round picks are guaranteed hours. That let's call it like two a piece, give or take. That's like twenty. That's just twenty two million dollars against the luxury tax, right there. Right. Right. So like, how? What, you're not. It's a, that's that's hard. That's just hard. Yeah, I agree. Work. There's not a lot of math that can make sense that they're not, they're not being a luxury tax. So there must be some salaries going out. I mean, I guess maybe like if land can get dumped that way. Sure, sure, do it. Maybe. But so if if you're hard. rooting for us a, a top six guy, right? You hope one of them falls to seven, and then maybe the Pacers can throw like Turner and thirteen and something else to get that guy at seven. I don't. Okay. I'm just spitballing. And after that, tears gone. From tier seven to thirteen or seven to whatever, you're hoping to see centers or guys that don't make sense for the Pacers pick before the Pacers pick, and you're not hoping to see, you know, teams around the Pacers range trading above them because that could mean that someone good is about to be snagged up, and then behind the Pacers, you're just hoping that someone talented or someone they worked out and liked falls to that late twenties range that they could potentially scoop up again. That's how I think, from a Pacers perspective, I'd be viewing a mock draft from step by step. Yeah, it'd be great if 12 centers went when in the first round. Like 12, the first 12 picks all <laughs> yeah, centers. Yeah, yeah. be great if all 12 first, no. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. I I think the other thing to watch is just like, does the Pacers right are, are hopefully going to pick uh, high upside, right? Because that's what they need ultimately in the small market. So maybe one of those, maybe like just Kaminga start falling. That's what they got to watch, frankly. But we'll kind of talk about that tomorrow. Some, yeah, tomorrow we'll do this all like a Pacers perspective draft, like trades that make sense for them, our three favorite targets for them, even some second round targets because it's actually draft day tomorrow. But, you know, I think that running through a mock and seeing the overview of how it all lays out and affects the Pacers offers important perspective, both to set up tomorrow's show and just in general as deals could happen Wednesday. Like we already saw the first one Monday, the dominoes are already starting to fall. Yeah. Who knows? We, we might have a trade when we do the show tomorrow. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um, you got, you got anything else? I do not think so. I need to put out a PSA though, Adam, if you don't mind. Yeah. You don't have to have an opinion on every rumor, guys. Like 99% of the stuff that's talked about just doesn't happen this time. Yeah, but if it if it's leaked, it's probably not happening. Yeah, it's very it's it's super rare. It's not worth ringing about like like some of them that I, I think that there are some that are more serious than others that are worth covering, uh, hence Monday's show, but uh, there are a lot of things that it's okay to just brush off and 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 you know go. Oh my gosh, there's a thousand rumors about the Pacers. That, that do you do you want to comment on Giannis saying his brother can be better than him in the NBA? <laughs> exactly, that's uh, peak silly season, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the best rumors those two are the ones that are very like vague, right? So I think there was a like Shams, his kind of like week roundup, I think on Sunday, he was like, 
you know, these teams are interested in Miles Turner, right? That's like, it wasn't like like a trade, anything. Just like there's just some interest, some word buzzing. And that's a little more serious than like this was offered. This exact thing was offered. Yeah, a lot of that is shit. The same time, I think the best rumors are like the one we started with with Kuzma, where Mike Scotto, very credible insider, reported it. Jay Michael, very credible insider, also reports it. Like when there's two separate outlet people who hear the same thing. That generally means it's a sign that it's a little more legit than just something exploratory. But that said, we talked to Ryan Carr today for media, like I said earlier, and like he said, it's like a pretty normal trade year in terms of volume uh, or in terms of chatter. So uh, it seems like that the rumors are outdoing normal pace, but someone who works for an NBA team said, no, you know, it, it feels pretty normal. So I would say that uh, the rumors are a bit out of control. So just, yeah, I mean, I think the rumors are prob- the probably legit. I just think once they're leaked, it's come to the point of like, uh it means somebody's trying to shame someone basically oh you didn't yeah. take our trade yeah sure Very Boston, they get out like two weeks later you know what i mean like boston oh, yeah, we is the king of this one it's all actually the kings who? of well maybe not anymore under stevens but they're the kings of just shaming oh we they didn't take our sixth first round pick offer yeah right thing anyways right. anyways I'll, I'll stop with my boston hate so tomorrow all pacers focus right we'll start with our favorite prospects we'll talk about Trades that make sense for trading up, trading down, whatever. Uh, we, I did some of those Monday. Uh, just really look at what the Pacers draft night could look like. Get you prepped. And then Friday, obviously, we'll break it all down because, you know, it's going to be an interesting draft because there's so many talented guys this year. So we'll, we'll really dig in and see what see what happens. Yeah. And remember, Francis is around the corner, which means we'll have a show on uh, previewing, I guess, that on which it starts Monday at 6 p.m. I've been informed Eastern time by Tony before the show. So we've got a, a full next four days over four shows i guess five probably five or six straight shows of just constant pacers moves so look forward to that as always you can catch you can find this podcast on wherever you get podcasts on the locked on pacers feed on twitter at locked on pacers tony at t east mba me at free mountain five that is all for his locked on pacers podcast we'll see you guys again hey prime members You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.